Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is the restart of our group learning program, where we'll be starting from the very beginning of a seven-month program and walking students through to understand the path to enlightenment, developing your life practice, and helping you move closer and closer to enlightenment. So whether you're joining us for the very first time or you're restarting the program, whether you're attending live, watching on the replay, or maybe listening to a replay, I'd like to welcome all of you to the very beginning of our restart of the group learning program. In today's class, we're going to be discussing what is a Buddha, what is the path to enlightenment, and what is enlightenment. We're going to be discussing these three things from kind of somewhat of a high level, just to give you an understanding a bit about what a Buddha is, what the path to enlightenment is, and what enlightenment itself is. So you'll understand a little bit about this journey before you actually start it. Then we'll be spending the bulk of our time in class talking about what the group learning program is, why somebody might be interested to take the group learning program, and then how to actually move forward and get the most benefit out of the group learning program. So I'd like to welcome all of you. As we go through, you can actually ask questions. The way that you do that is in Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. You put the questions into the comment section. Our moderators will see that and be sure that your question gets asked during the class. Or if you're in Zoom, there's a way to electronically raise your hand and a moderator will call on you and be sure that you have a chance to ask any question or follow a question. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get started with today's class, helping you start to understand a bit about this path to enlightenment by first talking about what is a Buddha. Understanding what is a Buddha is really important because it's an actual Buddha that has delivered these teachings that I'll be sharing with you throughout this seven-month program. These are all based in the teachings of who we refer to as the Buddha or Gautama Buddha. There's also other ways that people will refer to him since his death. So let's discuss what a Buddha is. A Buddha is a human being who independently discovers the path to enlightenment. They've actually attained enlightenment as part of an independent journey. They've awakened their mind. And we're going to talk about these things and what this actually is. But one of the main, most important criteria of being a Buddha is somebody has actually accomplished the mental state of enlightenment on their own without the help of any teachers or any guides. They've independently discovered this path. And then once awakening to enlightenment, they share these teachings. These independently discovered teachings are shared throughout the remaining time of their life guiding countless people to this same mental state of enlightenment. 
And Gautama Buddha, or the Buddha, spent 45 years from the age of 35 to the age of 80 dedicating his life to sharing his teachings that he discovered through his independent journey. He shared those for 45 years throughout the rest of his life, dedicating the rest of his life to helping others experience that same mental state of enlightenment. And then the third criteria is that they leave their teachings in such a condition that after their death, countless more people can attain enlightenment. These are the three main criterias of what a Buddha actually is. It's important to understand that a Buddha is a human being. They're not a god. They're not a prophet. They're not a messiah. They're not somebody who's going to save other people. They're somebody who has experienced this awakening to the enlightened mental state independently without the guidance of anyone else. They then share those teachings for the rest of their life, helping countless people to attain enlightenment. And then they leave their teachings in such a condition that after their death, countless more people can attain enlightenment. This is what a Buddha is from a very high level. What they've discovered in their awakening is this path to enlightenment, something we refer to as the natural laws of existence. And what a Buddha is actually doing is describing through their teachings and providing guidance of this path to enlightenment so that other people can experience this enlightened mental state. And what they're sharing are not commandments, they're not rules, they're nothing like that. Instead, they've already accomplished this enlightened mental state on their own, and they're sharing with others for the rest of their life what led to their mental state of enlightenment, allowing others to have access to them through sharing teachings, through loving kindness and compassion. They have this concern for the misfortune of other beings because other beings are so deep into discontentedness or suffering. So this path to enlightenment, what it is, is the way to train the mind and purify the mind through this guidance that Gautama Buddha shared. And one of the beauties about his teachings is they're independently verifiable. There's no belief in the Buddhist teachings. Instead, you learn them with the teacher. And then as you learn them, you start reflecting on the teachings, kind of inwardly looking at the teachings and trying to independently verify them based on your experiences in life. And then you start practicing the teachings where you really start to observe how the teachings are definitely the truth because as you practice the teachings and you're training your own mind, you see the condition of your mind gradually improving. So this path that the Buddha shared with us is the natural laws of existence of how things actually work in the world. The reason why the unenlightened mind continues to experience this unenlightened state is because it has this unknowing of true reality. It's also referred to as ignorance or delusion or confusion or misunderstanding. The mind misunderstands or has this confusion or this delusion or this ignorance this unknowing of true reality of these natural laws. And when you learn the natural laws, when you reflect on them and you start practicing them, that's when you can see the truth for yourself. You gain wisdom through this because you independently verify the individual teachings. Very much like when you grew up with the natural law of gravity. You didn't understand this natural law of gravity and you really struggled in the world. 
you fell down at age one or two or three, even when you were six and eight and 10, you might have fell down on the floor, kind of tripped over your shoelaces. Maybe you dropped glasses or knocked over important objects and they broke. Maybe you cried, you were upset, maybe you were frustrated and you really struggled and had difficulties because you didn't understand this natural law of gravity. But as you continued forward in life, you gained more and more wisdom about this natural law of gravity. And as you gained wisdom, your mind awakened. You awoke to this natural law of gravity. And now with that wisdom of being able to see the truth for yourself, you gained this wisdom. And now you were able to function in the world much more peacefully. You no longer struggled and had the difficulties around the natural law of gravity that you once did. You even got to the point where you could ride a bicycle, perhaps, where you could walk down the street without a problem. You knew to tie your shoes. You knew to put special important things that you had acquired in a certain place so they wouldn't get broken. You can maybe get on an airplane and travel all over the world now because you deeply understand this natural law of gravity because you've seen the truth for yourself. You gain this wisdom and your mind awoke to that wisdom. And now you make wiser and wiser choices. And this is what the path to enlightenment is, is that as you have been in this life, your mind has been struggling and having difficulties because you don't understand this natural law of existence. And you've been crying, you've been frustrated, you've been angry, you've been annoyed and irritated and had guilt and shame and fear and all these other discontent feelings have existed in the mind because you don't have the wisdom to understand why this is occurring. You don't understand because of that ignorance or that unknowing of true reality, the delusion or confusion or misunderstanding. And because the mind misunderstands, it struggles in the world. It's a real struggle to exist in a world that you don't understand. And since the mind continues to struggle and it lacks this wisdom, this continues over and over and over again, where you'll have a relationship with somebody, it'll be going fine at first, then you'll really struggle, you'll have difficulties, the relationship will end, you feel angry or sad or lonely or bored or maybe irritated or annoyed, and then you go through a period of time where maybe you grieve, and now you get to a point where you have another relationship, and the same thing happens again and again and again because the mind doesn't have the wisdom that it needs to understand how to function in a world through these natural laws of existence. And it's a real struggle to exist in a world that you don't understand. So what Gautama Buddha did through his independent journey is he understood these natural laws and then he explained them in his teachings in a way that you can learn them, reflect on them, to independently verify them, starting to acquire wisdom. And now you can practice those teachings and train the mind to evolve and awaken to this enlightened mental state where it no longer experiences discontent feelings like anger, sadness, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, any kind of displeasure or unsatisfactoriness. All of these discontent feelings and others are eliminated from the mind as you move closer and closer to enlightenment you can observe that the discontentedness gradually diminishes. This is one of the reasons why his teachings aren't based on belief. You don't have to learn a bunch of things, follow a bunch of rules, 
hope you figured it out, and then when you die, something good's going to happen to you. That's not what Gautama Buddha's teachings are about. Instead, it's learn, reflect, and practice. Start observing that as you train the mind through things like meditation and other things, that the discontentedness in the mind gradually diminishes. And this is how you know that you're on the right path, because you can observe that things that once caused a lot of anger in the mind, now the mind is just frustrated. And then later on, it becomes maybe a few months later, the same thing happens. It's irritated. Maybe a few months later, a few weeks later, it's just kind of annoyed. And then at some point, that same exact thing that you know used to cause all kinds of anger and rage, now the mind is completely peaceful and it's not shaken up at all. And you can see for yourself the truth that the training that you're doing with the mind is actually working because you see the diminishing of this discontentedness. Once discontentedness in the mind is completely eliminated, then the mind is enlightened. This is where the mind is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy permanently. It will no longer experience any discontent feelings whatsoever. So all those discontent feelings that I described, like anger, sadness, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, despair, misery, grief, displeasure, unsatisfactoriness in the mind, all of that is completely eliminated from the mind and you'll no longer experience those things. Instead, your life will just be very, very peaceful because the mind is peaceful. Everything that you experience in life is being experienced through the mind. So if you're training the mind and you're purifying the mind and you're training it to now function where it's stable and steady and calm, then everything you experience in life is going to be very peaceful, very calm, because you've trained the mind and everything you experience is coming through the mind. So therefore, the condition of the mind and the condition of your life is very peaceful for someone who's experiencing enlightenment. So I'd like to pause here and give you guys a chance to ask any questions before we go into talking about the group learning program. I was interested to start with this just to give you guys kind of a, a little bit of a, an understanding of who the person is who is a Buddha and actually shares these teachings, what a little bit about the path is, and then a little bit about what enlightenment is. Of course, we're going to go into a lot of detail about all these things throughout the entire program, but at least this gives you a little bit of a start to understand what it is that you might be choosing to embark on today. So if you have any questions, you can put those into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or if you're in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions that you like. When the word Buddha mentioned, most likely people think of Buddhism. So the question is, is Buddhism a religion? So the way that I think about Buddhism, I don't think of it as a religion. And everybody has a different opinion on this, of course. The way that I think of religion is I think about a original teacher who's shared some teachings, and then there's going to be some organization who collects up those teachings, maybe puts some rites, rituals, ceremonies, and worship as part of those teachings. And then that organization disseminates them out and kind of requires their followers in order to practice these teachings and learn these teachings and mostly believe in these teachings. And then this is a religion, and we might get these labels as part of this religion. If that's the way that you think about religion, then what Gautama Buddha did is not a religion because 
the Buddha himself wasn't a Buddhist. That word didn't actually exist during the lifetime of the Buddha. Buddhism didn't exist during the lifetime of the Buddha. He was sharing teachings that lead to a better way of life. And there are no rites, rituals, ceremonies, or worship that are part of the original teachings of the Buddha. There's also not a centralized organization that has collected up all of his teachings and now disseminates those throughout the world. That's not what the Buddha set up as part of his time on this earth. Instead, he experienced through gradual training of the mind, he experienced this progress where the mind diminished and eliminated discontentedness. And then he shared those teachings with others. And then as people learned those teachings, they shared them with others over the last 2,500 years. But this word Buddhism or considering Buddhism a religion really has you know, come about after the lifetime of the Buddha. He never described what he taught as a religion. So I don't think of Buddhism or the teachings of the Buddha as a religion. I think of it as these natural laws of existence, learning, reflecting, and practicing those. You gain this wisdom, you awaken the mind to this wisdom, and now you make wiser decisions about your life. And you don't need to carry around a label of being a Buddhist or you know, Buddhism in order to learn and practice the teachings that this gentleman that we refer to as the Buddha shared during his lifetime. Well, now you said that do not believe anything. And uh, from the description you provided for a Buddha, you claimed that he is a wise person. How can I make sure or verify that he was really a wise person and uh, what he taught was the truth? The way that you do this is as you start learning the teachings, even from the very beginning, which is what we're going to start on Sunday, this Sunday coming up at our very first class, I'll be sharing with you his very first teaching of the Four Noble Truths. We're going to be talking about the three universal truths, the Four Noble Truths. We're going to be talking a bit about the Eightfold Path, Right View and Right Intention. This is the very beginning of the Path to Enlightenment. And as I'll share in class on Sunday, as I'll repeat what I just shared about the natural law of gravity and help you to understand that as you learn what I share in terms of his teachings and independently verify them, then you can see the truth for yourself. You can see the wisdom of this individual that we refer to as Gautama Buddha. You won't have to believe that he existed. Instead, by learning his teachings and seeing the truth for yourself, that these teachings are indeed helping you to gain wisdom that you didn't understand before. And then by you learning this wisdom and now making wiser decisions in your life, the condition of your mind is gradually improving. This is how you'll know that this gentleman existed. His teachings are still available for you to actually now learn and practice those and they're benefiting you. Because remember, one of the criteria to be considered a Buddha is that you leave the teachings in a condition that after your death, countless more people can attain enlightenment. So if you're learning teachings from a person who spoke the teachings over 2,500 years ago, and that wisdom is being able to be independently verified by you, 
then you don't have to believe that this person existed. You don't have to believe his teachings, but instead you can see the truth for yourself that you're gaining more wisdom as part of this path. And this helps to awaken your mind. When we talk about awakening the mind, what we're really talking about is gaining wisdom. That by gaining wisdom, your mind is awakening. You're starting to understand the world around you better. And now you start making wiser decisions about your own life, which lead to better outcomes for you. Thanks, sir. That's Teacher David, if you're not teaching religion and rites, rituals and ceremonies and these sorts of things, um, what are we learning here? I, I see your book series is titled The Words of the Buddha. Yeah, so what we learn is we learn these natural laws of existence because rites, rituals, ceremonies, and worship isn't going to lead to an improved amount of wisdom in the mind because the number one problem that's keeping the mind in this unenlightened state is this ignorance or the unknowing of true reality, this confusion, this misunderstanding, this delusion. By the mind not understanding the natural laws of existence, it struggles and has difficulties in the world. So rites, rituals, ceremonies, and worship isn't going to create more wisdom in the mind. It's not going to allow the mind to make wiser decisions in the world about your life. So everything that the Buddha taught is based on this cause and effect or action and result, the results of our decisions. You might have heard this referred to as karma or in the Pali language, which is the original source text of Gautama Buddha's teachings, we use the word gamma. This natural law of gamma, of cause and effect or action result, the results of our decisions, in order to improve how you experience things in life, you have to have more wisdom in order to make wiser decisions. And that's what leads to improved results in your life. So rites, rituals, ceremonies, and worship aren't going to actually accomplish that for you. But by learning teachings, independently verifying those, acquiring wisdom, now you know the truth and you can make wiser decisions. And now the mind is gradually brought out of this ignorance or this delusion, this misunderstanding, this confusion, this unknowing of true reality. The mind awakens to this wisdom. And that's what actually transforms the mind to enlightenment is wisdom, not rites, rituals, ceremonies, and worship. So what you're teaching and what we'd be learning is... Um what the Buddha actually taught? Is this a way to train the mind? What he actually taught back then? Yeah, so what I do is I base everything that I share on the words of the Buddha because a Buddha is a person who discovers the path to enlightenment. They, through their own journey, they discover and they're the declarer, they're the originator of the path to enlightenment. And a Buddha is uniquely qualified to be able to share the teachings of the path to enlightenment because they did this on their own. They weren't influenced by other teachers. They weren't holding on to any particular rites, rituals, or ceremonies. They're not holding on to things because what a Buddha does is their mind is highly discontent. So as they try a certain meditation that they come up with in their mind, if it works, they know that their mind is becoming more liberated. Their mind is diminishing discontentedness. The strong feelings are starting to diminish and they know that that meditation's working. Whereas if they do a certain meditation that they've 
tried on themselves and it doesn't work, then they know that that's not part of the path to enlightenment, so they discard it. So what a Buddha understands by the time that they've awakened to enlightenment is all they understand is the exact path to enlightenment. Where somebody else who maybe has awoken to enlightenment with the help of multiple people, there's going to be a little bit of extra baggage there that isn't necessarily exactly the path to enlightenment. So a Buddha is going to be the discoverer, the declarer, the originator of the path. And by studying his words, the words of the Buddha, you can then learn, reflect, and practice and see the truth for yourself about what's working. Whereas if you try to study and take in information from all the different changes and modifications that people have made to the Buddhist teaching since his death, those things are not going to be the path to enlightenment. It's only the words of the Buddha, the originator, the discoverer, the declarer of the path that's going to be penetrating in terms of their word choice and the phrasing, the way that they're delivered, the way that they're explained, that is actually going to help you see the path to enlightenment because that path is going to be very illuminated by the words of a Buddha, where somebody else who's changed the teachings or who doesn't even rely on the words of the Buddha as part of their teachings, then they're going to have this extra baggage that is going to make the path to enlightenment very murky and very difficult for somebody to try to understand because it's not rooted in the actual teachings of a true Buddha like Gautama Buddha. Thank you, Venerable Sir. Well, Jovan has his hand raised there. That's good for him. Yeah, hello, teacher and everybody. I'm from Belgrade, Serbia. Uh, the name is pronounced Jovan, by the way, although that's not <laughs> really important. Uh, my question is about the, the terms that I, I notice are used interchangeably, awakening and enlightenment. Is there any differences between those two terms in, in terms of whether there's a process? processes or states or uh, whatever they are but are they the same the, the two words for the same thing basically yeah so everybody looks at these words differently and has different ways of thinking about them i'll share with you how i think about them enlightenment is when the mind is completely awake this is when you've accomplished what the buddha calls final knowledge you've learned you've reflected you've practiced You've completely eliminated what's called the 10 fetters, which we're going to talk about as part of chapter three in a future class. And you've completely transformed the mind to this enlightened mental state. What awakening means is awakening is the process of acquiring wisdom and moving towards enlightenment. If we say that the mind is awakening, that means that the mind is gradually learning wisdom and it's gradually awakening. If we say somebody is awake, then that would be for me, would be somebody who's enlightened. So the Buddha was awake. Somebody who's not yet enlightened, but is in the process of doing that, they are awakening, but they aren't yet awake. They are not yet enlightened. That's the difference there. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, teacher. No more questions for now. Okay, so let's move into talking about the actual program. Now that you guys just have a little bit of a piece of what a Buddha is, what the path to enlightenment is, and 
what enlightenment itself is. And as I mentioned, we're going to be going into all of those topics in much, much more detail as we progress. But I was just interested to talk about those up front so that it will help you a bit to understand what this program is all about. So let's just talk about what the group learning program is. What it is, is it's a live interactive online class to learn this path to enlightenment, to learn these natural laws of existence so that you can gain the wisdom through your own independent practice. The program itself is taught on Sundays and Wednesdays. Today, we're starting the whole program on a Wednesday. On Wednesdays and Sundays, we approach these classes very differently. They're all at 9 p.m. Thai time. So whatever time it is at 9 p.m. Thai time where you are in your time zone, that's what time class will start. And you can join through Zoom, which is a live connection where you'll see visual aids. You'll be able to see me as well and hear me. You can join through Facebook, which is a live stream. And you can ask questions there through putting the questions in the comment section. You can also join by YouTube as well. And these are all live. You can experience those live. And there's other places that we stream live to as well. But these are the three main places that we stream live to. On Sundays, I'll be going through a chapter in this book for each individual Sunday. And if you have a copy of this book or you acquire one, you can read it either before class and or after class. And then the discussion that we have on Sunday will be much more beneficial for you because you will have read the detail in the actual book. What I share in class is not exactly what's in the book because the book has a lot more details that I was able to explain through writing. And what I tend to do in the classes that I is I kind of extrapolate some of the lessons from the chapter and go in detail in certain areas of the chapter that I might not have gone into detail in the book. So it's important to read the chapter as well as attend the class. You can actually acquire this book by going to buddhadailywisdom.com. From there, you can click on the button that says free books and you can download it from there. Or if you'd like to order a printed copy, amazon.com or whatever the equivalent is in your country you can order it there or you can download the file and you can go print it if you'd like to just print it yourself there's no harm in doing that i offer this book openly and freely to everybody so you're able to get a copy of this either have an electronic version you can go print it yourself or you can order a printed version on amazon and amazon even has kindle versions too if you have a kindle and you'd like to use that so on Sunday, we'll be discussing a chapter of the book, and we're going to start with chapter one about four weeks from now. The first four weeks of this program, I'm going to actually be giving you this overview of the entire Path to Enlightenment and diving deep into it. So on this Sunday, we're going to be starting with a three-part series where we're going to be diving into the detail of the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path is the core and central teaching of the Buddha which is the path to enlightenment. And all of his teachings plug into this path to enlightenment. So we're gonna take three class sessions and we're gonna break it down piece by piece and I'm gonna explain it to you in a lot of detail so that you'll understand it in a very detailed sense, but it'll also give you kind of an overview of the entire program because in those three classes, you're gonna get a really good taste of what the path to enlightenment is. and. 
Then there's a fourth class that will be discussing the four stages of enlightenment and what these actual stages of enlightenment are that the mind goes through and how to actually attain enlightenment through the path to enlightenment. And then about four weeks from now is where we'll start with chapter one. I'll let you guys know when we're starting with chapter one. But if you get this book now, I would definitely suggest that you read the preface of the book, which is the very beginning. It really sets up the structure of the book and helps you understand what it is that you're actually going to be progressing towards. So between now and next week, you could actually read the preface, which is the very beginning of the book. On Wednesdays, what we will typically do is we'll be studying meditation. We'll be learning chanting in order to learn how to do poly chanting. And of course, in both of these sessions, whether it's Sunday or Wednesday, you'll have a chance to ask questions. There'll be open periods of time where I'll teach for a little bit. You can ask some questions. I'll teach some more. You can ask some questions. Wednesday, we focus on breathing mindfulness meditation. For the first four class sessions, I'll do a four-part series where I'm going to help you learn this very first, very primary style of meditation that the Buddha taught as part of his path to enlightenment. So it's very important that you start practicing the meditation in order to help you train the mind and awaken it to enlightenment. So we'll start by building you up in this four-part series starting next Wednesday with breathing mindfulness meditation. Then we're going to go into a four-part series around loving-kindness meditation, which is the second style of meditation that the Buddha taught to help you transform the mind. And then after that, we'll go into a four-part series of Pali chanting, helping you understand what chanting is and why we do it and how to do it. And then you'll see after those first three months, then we'll just alternate back and forth between breathing mindfulness meditation one week, the next Wednesday will be loving kindness meditation, and we'll be doing this as a group together. You'll be doing meditation on your own outside of class, but then you'll have once a week to come together and actually meditate as a group. And I'm going to help you build up your practice from the very beginning. Of course, you're the one who has to do the work outside of class, but in class, I'm going to be providing you the teachings to help you build up your practice. So this is what the group learning program is in terms of this live interactive online classes on Sunday and Wednesday. And you can join through Zoom, Facebook, or YouTube. And it's going to be the same time each Sunday and each Wednesday. And you'll see as we progress how these Sundays are a talk about the teachings, very significant talk. And then our Wednesday classes are about meditation and building up your practice with meditation. If for any reason you can't make one of the classes, because I'm sure you're going to end up missing classes here or there as life happens over seven months, it's going to be completely impossible probably for you to actually make every single class session. So since they're recorded in Facebook and YouTube and on our podcast as well, you'll be able to watch those at your own pace. So if you're not able to come to Wednesdays typically, or you miss a Sunday here or there, however it happens, you'll be able to go to the recordings in order to ensure that you're able to learn. So maybe on a Monday or Tuesday, or maybe on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, you might sit down with the recording and that way you can continue to go along with the program. We have a Facebook group if you haven't joined yet, It could be really helpful for you to join that Facebook group because in there, 
I make different posts about the teachings and there's another place that you can ask questions. So there's gonna be daily posts from the book and you can post questions in the Facebook group and that will help you to have one method of being able to get answers to your questions because you're gonna need help as you progress along this path. You can post questions in the Facebook group. You can ask questions in one of these live classes. You can send me a private message or you can schedule personal guidance sessions. All of this is at no cost for you that you can schedule personal discussions through a calendar link that I have where you'll be able to schedule and then we'll meet privately in Zoom together, just you and I, and then any questions that you're having along the path in terms of understanding the teachings or applying them to your life or to your situations that you're experiencing in life, or if you need help building up your meditation practice and there's certain things that you would like to talk about privately, that's available for you. So you can ask questions in class, you can ask questions in the Facebook group, you can send a private message, or you can schedule these personal discussions using this link here that you see, calendly.com forward slash David Roylance. That's the way that you would schedule. And if you go to the website, buddhadailywisdom.com, which is kind of easier to remember, from there, there's a couple of places on our website where you can just click on a link and schedule. You don't have to remember the calendly.com link. You can just get it from remembering that one website, buddhadailywisdom.com. So there's all these methods for you to learn, whether it's the videos, because this program is the fifth time that I've taught it. So there's been four previous times that I've taught this program. So there's videos that all these classes have been recorded four times previous to this time. There's podcasts. There's also an audiobook from a previous version of this book that I recorded an audiobook. There's also even quizzes to help you confirm your understanding of each individual chapter. So between all of these different aspects of learning, you can decide, you know, what you would like to spend your time with. For some people, they might only be able to come to Sunday and they might only be able to read the chapter. And that's all they're going to be able to do in terms of class time. And then, of course, they're going to need to do meditation and things like that. For other people, they might be able to attend Sunday and Wednesday. Or maybe they can attend Sunday and listen to Wednesday as a recording. And they're still reading. And maybe that's what they choose to do. Other people might choose to do those things, plus look at some videos from the past, maybe listen to the podcast or audiobook or take the quizzes you decide which part of these program is something that's going to be helpful for you. I'm offering all of this to you, including the personal discussions, as a way for you to learn and understand this path. And you don't have to do all of these things, but all of these things are available for you as part of this program. So if you understand that, then you can just choose at different times what aspects of the program are you going to participate in is it the Sunday classes? Is it the Wednesday? Is it the Sunday in Wednesday? Is it reading? Is it participating in the Facebook group, making posts there? Is it watching videos, listening to podcasts, the audiobook, taking the quizzes? Do you occasionally need to reach out for personal guidance, maybe once a month, once every two months, something like that? It's up to you, but all of these options are available for you. So it was important for me to make sure that you know what all these options are and that they're available for you. 
So let me pause here and see if you guys have any questions on what the program is. And remember, you can ask those by putting them into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or electronically raising your hand inside Zoom. Well, in Zoom, uh, Rick has a question, he writes, how often do you update the book, David? In other words, should I download a new version for the series, or is the book still in the same form as the last series? I suggest that you go ahead and download it now, because I rewrote this book back in May of last year. And then once I rewrote it, there was a couple of times where students had actually more than a couple of times where students asked questions and it helped me to see like, ah, oh, let me add that to the book. So there were things, you know, just a couple of sentences here and there that I even added just last week. So if you have an old version, it's best to go ahead and download it now and have the most current version. There's nothing that's changed in terms of you're not going to see, you know, significant changes in terms of the actual teachings, but what you're going to see is you're going to see more content that'll just help you to understand it with more clarity. Let's go to Nick. Teacher David, you mentioned um, all these different ways that we can study. For a busy householder, um, what would you recommend uh, would be a good way to start out? Maybe one class here and there, uh, personal guidance, or just joining the Facebook group. What do you recommend for someone who's typically busy, say, like an American type lifestyle, uh, what do you suggest? I would suggest that if you can come to class on Sunday and Wednesday and or listen to the recording, those are very important to be regularly attending class either live or by listening to the recording based on the Sunday and Wednesday class and reading the book and developing your practice outside of class. That's kind of like a, a baseline minimum. If you can add in joining the Facebook group, if you can add in other things that we're talking about here, then great. But at least the Sunday, Wednesday, either live or recorded, reading the book and developing your practice outside of class, that would be a really good place to start. No more questions here. All right, let's move on to the next thing that I'd plan to talk with you about, which is why would somebody be interested to actually learn the path to enlightenment. Well, as you heard me mention is that you're training the mind as part of this path to enlightenment and you're eliminating discontentedness of mind. You're attaining this peaceful, calm, serene and content mind with joy where it's eliminated or eradicated all the discontentedness where the mind will no longer experience sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, boredom, loneliness, shyness, jealousy, resentment, stress, anxiety, and all other discontent feelings are eliminated from the enlightened mind. But you can only experience those results if you do the actual training. So this mind that's moving closer and closer to enlightenment will see a diminishing of these feelings. But then ultimately, when the mind attains enlightenment, it will be completely peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy permanently for the rest of your life. Once the mind has been trained and transformed and purified, it will never go back to experiencing discontentedness ever again. As you learn this path, because nothing is based on belief, you're gaining wisdom. Now you have this wisdom to be able to face the challenges of life. 
one of the things that an unenlightened mind struggles with is when you encounter certain challenges in life, we might think of them as a problem and life is so difficult because we don't understand what we don't understand in the unenlightened state. The mind is ignorant or has this unknowing of true reality. So as you gain more and more wisdom, you'll be able to peacefully face the challenges and you'll be able to make wise decisions and you'll know that it's the right decision from the very beginning rather than struggling and having all these constant difficulties in your life. You're going to observe that as you learn and practice these teachings that your personal and professional relationships will improve. They will really blossom where now you might find it somewhat of a struggle in personal and professional relationships. You might get sad sometimes in relationships. You might get frustrated. You might have anger. You might have arguments in some of your personal and professional relationships. And this really weighs on the mind and it really bogs you down and it makes life very difficult when you're interacting with other people, both professionally and personally. But when you awaken the mind and you have this wisdom, now you understand how to conduct personal and professional relationships. You no longer struggle the way that you did in the unenlightened state. So you'll see this gradual improvement in your personal and professional relationships as part of you focusing on your mind. Oftentimes what the unenlightened mind thinks is it thinks that everyone else is the problem. And then what happens is this unenlightened being tries to fix everybody else and it tries to change everybody else thinking that's going to solve your problems if you can just get everyone else to do things your way. But this doesn't work. It never works because you can't get everybody to do things your way. There's 7.5 billion people in the world and it would be impossible for you to train everybody to do things your way. So what you do instead is you focus on your mind, you focus on your training, and by you doing that, gaining this wisdom, your personal and professional relationships will blossom. So rather than going around trying to change everybody else, you're working on your own inner change. You're working on evolving your own mind, awakening your own mind, which is what will actually produce real results for you because you can't change 7.5 billion people. You can only change one person in the world and that's going to be challenging enough to change your own mind. So if you focus on that, that's where you'll experience the real results and you'll see your personal professional relationships improve. You also see that the mind will have this increased amount of focus, concentration, clarity of mind and this deep memory because the mind that is unenlightened is what we call polluted or it has these taints or these fetters. This is what's bogging the mind down, keeping it in the unenlightened state. And the mind is very muddled and it has this pollution in there that makes it very difficult to focus and have concentration and clarity and memory. So as you train your mind and you purify the mind and you get rid of this pollution and you clear that out, now the mind can function more optimally. That's one of the things that's happening as you move the mind to enlightenment is you're honing the mind. You're helping it to perform optimally the way that it's intended to perform rather than with all this pollution. You're clearing out all that pollution. You're purifying the mind, bringing it to the middle so that it can perform optimally. The Buddha used an analogy where he talked about this musical instrument 
And he talked about this instrument that has strings on it and it's strummed, kind of like what we might call a guitar. But of course, this was a instrument during the lifetime of the Buddha. It was called a lute. That when the string is too tight and you pluck the string, the instrument doesn't play right. It doesn't sound beautiful. It doesn't play the way that it's intended to play. But also if the string is too loose and you pluck the string, the musical instrument doesn't play beautiful. It's not playing the way it was intended to play. But it's only when you tune the instrument perfectly in the middle, exactly the way the string was intended to be tuned. And then when you pluck the string, now the instrument plays beautiful. It plays the way it was intended to play and the music sounds absolutely beautiful. And the Buddha observed that the mind is the same way, that when we hold on to things too tight and too forceful and there's all this stress in the mind, the mind doesn't perform optimally. And when the mind is too loose and kind of indifferent or complacent, the mind doesn't perform well because it's dull, it's lethargic. It's only when you tune the mind perfectly in the middle that you can experience this optimal way of living life because now the mind is functioning the way it was intended to function. It can now play this beautiful music where the mind is now focused, concentrated, has clarity of mind and this deep memory. An enlightened being will experience that as part of the mind moving closer and closer to enlightenment, that it's now more trained. It's well trained to perform optimally rather than holding on to things really tight or being dull and lethargic, it's functioning in the middle, performing optimally. And then lastly, as part of getting to enlightenment, the mind will experience this peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. All this discontentedness is gone. The challenges that you experience in life, you can now face those with wisdom. Your personal and professional relationships are improving and blossoming. The mind is performing more optimally where there's this focus, this concentration, this clarity of mind, this memory, and having experienced enlightenment, you'll know at that point that you'll no longer be reborn in the cycle of rebirth. If you haven't learned about the cycle of rebirth yet, you can just set this part to the side, but I can share with you that things in your life have been repeating over and over and over and over again until you learn the wisdom that you need to learn in order to end this cycle whether it's relationships, whether it's jobs, whether it's certain conversations that you're having, they just keep repeating over and over and over again. And you keep finding yourself in the same struggles and the same difficulties because of this cycle that the mind is continually on because it hasn't yet gained the wisdom that it needs to get outside of this cycle. And we continue to experience rebirth until we learn the wisdom that we need. So once the mind experiences enlightenment, you're no longer going to experience rebirth, having to come back and experience life all over again. Right now, you might not understand or remember lives in the past, but every being who's alive today has experienced past existences. And while there's certain enjoyable things about life that we enjoy, there's also a lot of misery and a lot of suffering as part of existence. And as part of getting your mind to this peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy, where you can enjoy the rest of your life with that peaceful mind, you'll also know that you're no longer going to be reborn and come back into another existence to experience any kind of grief or sorrow, displeasure or misery all over again. If you haven't been exposed to the cycle of rebirth, 
We're going to be talking about this towards the end of the program at about the six month mark. We don't really talk about it too much between now and then because there are so many other things for you to learn between now and then. So as we progress during this path, if you would like to talk about the cycle of rebirth, we can talk about that privately if you like. But we have a chapter in chapter 22 where we're going to actually be talking about the cycle of rebirth in more detail. So I tend to put all those questions towards the end where you can really focus on the core and central path first. And then we can talk about the cycle of rebirth towards the end of the program. And then if you end up moving on to the other program that we have that meets on Saturdays, this is called the Words of the Buddha, the Pali Canon and English Study Group. In that program, we study the cycle of rebirth in a lot of detail. But as you're first getting started, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to focus on the cycle of rebirth because what's happened in the past is in the past. It doesn't really matter. And what may or may not occur in the future in terms of rebirth, it's in the future. It doesn't really matter. What's important is that in this life, in your human birth, that you can focus on learning, reflecting, and practicing to train the mind and transform it to enlightenment. And you don't actually need to know about the cycle of rebirth in order to accomplish that. Instead, you focus on the core path, which is called the Eightfold Path. And that's what we're going to start with on Sunday. So let me pause here and see what questions you guys might have about why somebody would maybe decide to learn and practice as part of the path to enlightenment. Well, about increased focus and concentration, it seems that many people today are a, a experiencing a bad memory and a bad or poor concentration. A, are you saying that believing in Gautama Buddha's teachings will improve the mind condition about uh, memory and concentration? not by believing in his teachings by believing in any teachings it's not going to improve the condition of the mind because with belief you don't know whether it's right or wrong or false or true you don't know with belief but instead by training the mind through things like meditation and all the other aspects of the eightfold path you're honing the mind you're refining the mind you're training it to perform optimally and that's what will actually improve the condition of the mind. And that's where you'll see the truth for yourself that the condition of the mind is improving because you know what it feels like to feel anger and sadness and frustration. You know what it feels like to lack focus, to lack concentration, to lack clarity, to lack memory. You know what that feels like because you've been living with that for a certain period of time. So as you refine the mind and you start training it and start transforming it closer and closer to enlightenment and you see the improvements to the condition of the mind, you'll be able to observe that as well. And you'll know that it's coming from this training that you're deciding to partake in that you're actually training your own mind through these teachings of the Buddha and you'll know that it's these teachings that are leading to that improved condition of mind. So it's not belief that's going to do that for you. It's through learning, reflecting and practicing, actively training the mind throughout meditation and throughout your day. Thanks teacher. No more questions. All right. So let's talk about how we're actually going to go forward and actually share these teachings with you. As I mentioned, you're going to need a version of this book, Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. And there you see the actual website where you can download it from buddhadailywisdom.com forward slash free Buddha books. 
or you can just go to buddhadailywisdom.com and there's a button that you can click on that says free books and from there you'll see the whole book series that I share and the very first book volume one is what you're going to need for this program so be sure that you download that or you download it and print it if you'd like a printed version or if you'd like to order a nice bound book from Amazon you can order it from there and they also have Kindle versions as well so be sure that you gain a copy of that because you're going to need that because it has much more detail than what I'm going to sometimes be able to cover in class. In classes, I'll sometimes be covering things that aren't in the book. I'll be going into a lot more detail and you'll be able to ask questions. But there's things in the book that I won't cover because it's in the book. You'll be able to read it. So you're going to need these two things as part of progressing on this path and in this program. Then the way that you would really like to progress is week by week reading one chapter in the book and the very first part of this program the first four weeks there really isn't a chapter to necessarily read although you could if you'd like of course i mentioned to start with the preface but starting in the next three classes those three-part series i'm actually going to be teaching chapter four and five in that three-part series you can read that if you like or you can wait until we get to those chapters and read them. I'm going to be giving you an overview verbally to help you. But if you would like to read those over the course of the next three weeks, you can do that because chapter four and five is what we're going to be covering in that three-part series. But then shortly thereafter, we're going to be starting at chapter one. You'll know when we're starting at chapter one. I will let you know. And then you can start from chapter one and progress from there. So one chapter a week. And each chapter takes a little bit different time. Some of the chapters are only 10 minutes or 15 minutes. There's one chapter, maybe chapter 11, that might take you an hour or so to read. The way that I suggest that you read is just about maybe 10 or 15 minutes per day. For some of the chapters, that'll be the whole chapter. For other chapters that are a little bit longer, I don't necessarily suggest that you read that in one sitting, unless you're going to read it multiple times. because the mind works much better when you take smaller bites and you chew that and you digest it where if you take this big huge bite and you try to chew on it it's much harder to chew on that and digest it so if you just read maybe 10 15 20 minutes a day each day this will actually help you trickle the teachings into the mind because it's going to be a gradual training gradually practicing the teachings and gradual progress you're not going to be able to just take in this big dose of information and understand that and start practicing it in one big dose. So it's better to take little bites along the way. And if you just kind of get in the habit of just 10, 15, 20 minutes of reading a day, that's what will be best for you. And then attending these classes through either Zoom, through Facebook or YouTube each Sunday and Wednesday at nine o'clock high time. And if you're not able to attend the live classes at any time, then you've got the recordings that are always available and that you can take them in at your own pace. At the end of each one of these chapters, there's also links to previous resources that I taught the same thing, whether it's a video, whether it's an audiobook, whether it's a podcast, whether it's quizzes, you'll be able to see that as you read through the book, that when you get to the end, you of course have the live classes that I'm gonna do on Sunday and Wednesday, 
but there's also links there for people who have more time. You can actually take in content where I taught the class in the past because each class that I teach on each chapter is different with different questions and different way of presenting the material. So that might be something that you choose to learn with. And remember that this is an independent study. It's independent journey. Even though we call this a group learning program and you're here together as a group, it really is your own independent journey. So when you're at home reading, you're in your own independent journey. When you're meditating at home, it's your own independent journey. When certain questions arise in your mind and you choose to ask those in class or you choose to reach out through a private message or schedule a personal guidance session or post those in the Facebook group, that's your own independent journey. You deciding that I would like to see clarity on this question that if you're complacent and you just sit back and wait for things to come to you, you're not going to experience the best results as part of this program. So it's really important that you see this as an independent journey, even though we call it a group learning program, that you're on this own independent study, this own independent journey. You're responsible for your own learning. So you've got to work this into your own schedule where you're reading the book, maybe listening to the audiobook if you like, watching the videos from previous classes if you like, listening to the podcast if you like, taking quizzes if you like, and asking questions. It's really important that you put your own dedication, your own determination, your own diligence into learning. Nobody's going to send you an email or a private message and say, did you meditate today? Did you read your book today? Are you coming to class today? Nobody's going to push you to do that. It's your own independent journey. You have to arise the interest and the energy to investigate these teachings. As you're learning, as I mentioned, there's no belief in these teachings. It's important that you independently verify the truth. When you're reading, when you're in classes, when you're learning with me in any particular way, when you see Facebook posts that I make, you don't just believe what I'm sharing. Instead, you learn it seek clarity if you need more learning and you haven't quite feel like you've learned it well enough ask questions make sure you learn it really well then you start reflecting on it start inwardly looking at it and say is this really explaining what i've experienced and then you start practicing and as you start practicing you might actually have questions and you might have to circle back and now start doing some learning again you might have to with that same exact teaching it's not just learn, reflect, practice. Sometimes as you're practicing, you have to circle back and get more clarity and ask some more questions so you can learn some more. Then you reflect some more. Then you practice some more. That same exact teaching. So understand that that's a kind of a cyclical process until you feel like you've mastered that one particular teaching and now you independently see the truth for yourself and now you've gained wisdom. You've acquired wisdom. That's really, really important because belief isn't going to lead to enlightenment. Belief doesn't lead to awakening the mind because remember, the number one problem that the Buddha discovered is this ignorance or this unknowing of true reality. And because belief, you don't know if it's true or false, that doesn't transform ignorance. What transforms ignorance is wisdom. So you've got to get to the point where you independently verify the teachings and see the truth for yourself. That's what leads to wisdom and awakens the mind. As part of this, the way that you're going to 
train the mind is you're going to need to develop and establish a daily practice of meditation. I'm going to help you do that. Like I mentioned over a four-part series on Wednesday with breathing mindfulness meditation. And then there's a four-part series with loving kindness meditation. I'm going to help you gradually understand the teachings to build up your practice. But you're going to need to do the work. What you're going to hear is that a ideal meditation practice would be two to three sessions per day for 30 minutes or more. But that's probably not where you're going to start out. Most people don't start out there. You might start out with maybe one session for five or 10 minutes a day. But then gradually you build up and you expand your practice more and more. Because in order to get to enlightenment, you will ultimately need to build up your practice to two or three sessions per day for 30 minutes or more. But when or if or how you do that is up to you. Each individual is a bit different. If you're a single mom or a single dad, or if you're a single person who's really busy with certain things in your life, you kind of have to create the space in your life that you have and create whatever space you can and then gradually build on that. It's kind of like a snowball. You kind of gradually accumulate more and more ability to meditate for more frequency and for longer durations. Or another way to think about it is like a bucket of water, that you have to scoop this bucket of water, putting more and more water in this bucket so that you can accumulate more and more benefits. So no matter where you start out, whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes of meditation per day or per session, that's fine. I will help you to build it up, but you'll have to do the work to do that and just know what the goal is and that over time you'll just gradually work towards that goal. And then as you progress in this program and you progress with learning the things that I have to share with you, if you've learned things in other venues, you know that's great, that's fine, that's what brought you here to actually now be learning with me. But oftentimes things that you've learned other places have maybe not been exactly the same things that I'm sharing with you. Hopefully they haven't been the same exact things that I'm sharing with you. Because if what you learned in the past is exactly the same things that I'm sharing with you, then there's no benefit that I can give you because everything that you know in the past, I'm sharing exactly the same thing. I'm not helping you to evolve. The teachings that I'm sharing are not something that is helping you to evolve and grow your mind. So those things that you've learned in the past, while they might have led you to where you are and you have certain things that you feel are the truth about the Buddhist teachings, I would say as best as possible, and this is going to be really challenging for you, but as best as possible, see if you can set those things to the side. Because oftentimes those things are going to get in the way of you learning something new. And rather than continuing to do what you did in the past, what I would suggest you do is to learn something new so that you can now evolve and continue to grow and understand the teachings through the words of the Buddha. The things that I share with you, just like I mentioned that I'm not interested in you believing these teachings, I'm not interested in you believing me either. So what I'll do as part of these classes is I will oftentimes use the words of the Buddha so that you can see very clearly what did the Buddha actually teach so that you don't have to believe anything that I'm sharing with you. So instead, you can see the words of the Buddha, you can learn those, you can reflect on them, and you can practice them. 
And as part of this book series, even in this first volume, you're going to see where the words of the Buddha are in there so that you're not believing that what I'm sharing with you is the truth. But instead, you're learning what the Buddha said. You're learning what I'm saying. But then you're not believing either one of us. Instead, you're going out and reflecting on that. You're now practicing it and you're seeing that through training your mind, the condition of the mind is gradually improving. But in order to experience this transformation of the mind, there's going to be certain things that you're going to have to set aside because right now you know that your mind is unenlightened. You still experience sadness, anger, frustration, irritation, all those discontent feelings. So if you're experiencing discontent feelings, you know your mind is unenlightened. So therefore, what you currently know is not 100% the truth. So that means there are certain things that the mind has inside there that it's holding on to that you're going to have to let go of in order to get to enlightenment. And the more prepared you are, the more willing you are to let go of those things, the better. Now, if you'd like to ask questions about those things and try to understand them and you know, you saw something maybe in the past and I'm teaching something that's different and you'd like to talk about that and try to understand the differences, sure, we can talk about that and I can help you see the words of the Buddha and how maybe the conflict in your mind and the misunderstanding in your mind maybe came about. That can be really helpful and healthy for you. But ultimately, because your mind is still experiencing discontentedness, it doesn't yet have 100% the truth. So there are certain things that you're going to have to let go of. So just understand that as part of this path and be willing to let go of those things. Because if you're trying to hold on to everything that you've learned in the past, but yet the mind is still not enlightened, then you're going to really struggle because the mind is still holding on. You have to be willing to let go of certain things that aren't serving a good purpose. And by focusing on what I'm sharing with you and leaving those other things to the side, then you can see what's really making progress. Because over the next seven months, if you learn these teachings, if you're practicing the teachings the way that I'm sharing, if you're training the mind, I'm sure you'll make progress on the path. And then that way you'll know what's actually producing the real progress is that if you've learned 10, 20, 30 different meditations in the past and you're doing all of those things now, and then I'm sharing what I share with you in terms of meditation and what the Buddha taught through his own words, and you're mixing and matching all of this stuff together, you're not going to necessarily know what's producing the benefit and what's not. So if you leave all those other things to the side and you practice the meditations and you practice the teachings in the way that I share, then over these next seven months, as you're making progress, you'll know that it's coming from these teachings, from the words of the Buddha. And you'll know, aha, that meditation that David taught is working. And these others over here, while they got me to where I am today, they didn't produce the same benefit. So now I know I can leave those to the side because it's this meditation that's actually producing the benefit. That's how you strip out your practice and you can see with clarity that it's this diamond, this jewel, this gem that is actually producing the results. And that's how you can know with 100% certainty what's the real true teachings from the words of the Buddha is that you practice his teachings and then you see for yourself that those are the teachings that are actually producing the improvement to the condition of the mind. If for some reason you get two months, three months, six months 
into this program and things haven't been changing for you, then okay, go back to your old stuff. But if you're noticing after one month or two months that things aren't improving to the condition of your mind and you're not independently able to verify the truth and see the wisdom in these teachings, that's when you should truly be reaching out to me and sending me a private message, scheduling personal guidance, because there's something that you're misunderstanding if you're not seeing progress in the way that I'm sharing these teachings and the way that you're practicing these teachings. Something's missing that you're misunderstanding. So be sure if in the first month or two, if you're not seeing progress already, that you reach out so that it's not six months or seven months and you're continuing to misunderstand. So it's better to reach out early on, get help rather than allow that to continue because there's going to be misunderstandings that you have along the way. It's impossible for you to read the book, listen to what I share in classes and understand 100% of what I say. There's just no possible way for you to do that. You're going to have misunderstandings and you're going to need clarity along the way. And that's why there's four different methods for you to seek personal guidance and seek clarity through asking questions in class, through making a post in the Facebook group, through sending me a private message or scheduling personal guidance because you're going to need that support as you start to ramp up your life practice. So it's there for you for a reason. So feel free to use all of that. What questions do you guys have about how this program functions? Feel free to put that into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom, or raise your hand electronically and ask any questions that you like. Well, how long will this program uh, uh, stay or long take? The entire program from beginning to end is uh, seven months long. Well, so by the end of this, this seven months long, I will be enlightened? So everyone who learns and practices in seven months, you're not going to experience enlightenment in seven months. So that would be an unrealistic expectation to have. Instead, you will see benefit along that period of time. It would be impossible for any teacher to say that their students are going to attain enlightenment in seven months because every student is starting at a different place in terms of the amount of pollution in their mind. Every student is going to apply a different level of dedication, determination, and diligence in their practice in terms of their frequency of meditation, their duration of meditation, how they understand the teachings, how they practice the teachings. So an individual's results is based on their own dedication, their own diligence. Even with an actual Buddha themselves, an actual Buddha can't even guarantee that every single student that studies with them is going to actually attain enlightenment. It would be impossible to make that guarantee. But I can guarantee that if somebody applies dedication and diligence and they actively work to train the mind, they are absolutely going to see progress over the course of seven month program. But in terms of getting to enlightenment, this is typically a multiple year pursuit. Even the Buddha himself took six years to get to enlightenment. So it's going to take time. A lot of times students will take this program multiple times. It's a seven month program. People can take it two, three, four times, as many times as you like. And then the Pali Canon and English study group, that's a one and a half year program. And someone might choose to take that multiple times as well. So if you're interested in experiencing enlightenment, it's not a quick fix. It's not snap the fingers 
and one week later you're enlightened or two months later you're enlightened or seven months later you're enlightened but you will see progress along the path along the journey and it's all based on your dedication and your diligence you doing the work to actually accomplish the results in your practice that's why i share it's an independent journey it's an independent study because it's all going to come down to your independent effort what type of results that you experience well so i will need to go and practice these teachings for a certain period of time and then suddenly i will be enlightened right so enlightenment doesn't happen suddenly. It's not an immediate thing. It doesn't happen with the snap of a finger. This is one of the big myths of the Buddha's life. There's a lot of people in the world that think that he sat down under a tree and then he instantly attained enlightenment. But he doesn't say that at all in his teachings. And this is one of the benefits of studying the words of the Buddha to actually see what did he really truly teach. Because in the world, a lot of people talk about the Buddha sitting down under a tree, meditating and instantly attaining enlightenment. That's what people talk about 2,500 years later. But when you go back to the original source text to see what did the Buddha say during his lifetime, you can see that he shares that it's a gradual training, gradual practice, and gradual progress. He says just the opposite of what you hear in the world. This is why it's so important to base your practice and base your learning on the words of the Buddha, because you're gonna hear a million and one different things in the world about the Buddha's life and what he experienced during his life. But it's not until you go back to his original source teachings the words of the Buddha that you can actually see what did he truly teach during his lifetime. And this is one of the key things that is very different that you can understand that there's this gradual training, gradual practice and gradual progress. And you can see that in the words of the Buddha and you'll actually observe that as part of your own journey. And that's how you know it's the truth that you haven't been able to sit down and meditate and instantly attain enlightenment but instead you've been gradually evolving over multiple years. So you read it and you learn it through the words of the Buddha, you reflect on it. Have you ever sat down and actually instantly attained enlightenment? No, it doesn't work that way. And then you start practicing and you start seeing that your mind is gradually improving day by day. And this is how you see what the Buddha taught, that it is a gradual progress. That's what you experience in your life as part of learning and developing on this path and that's how you know that's the truth and there from that point forward you always know that yes this path to enlightenment is a gradual progression well that's a good one thank you Basim. teacher david so what you're sharing like anything else the more we put into learning reflecting practicing the more we would get out of it because uh, i can see the truth in that and, and other things that uh, I or people have done in life, like hobbies, sports, working out. Is, th is this true? Yeah, exactly. Bossum, if you'll flip forward uh, one slide, the last thing that I was going to actually share with you guys is along this lines. And we can still take questions, but I would like to just go forward into this last slide where basically what you're describing, Nick, and what I had prepared to talk about is that you know, no one's ever accomplished anything great or magnificent through complacency. 
that if there's ever anything that you've ever accomplished, whether it's education, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's job performance, whether it's a project at work, you're not going to accomplish magnificent and great things through being complacent. Instead, whatever you put into this group learning program is what you're going to get out of it. If you put in time, effort, energy, and resources to come to class regularly or listen to the replays when you need to, or some people, they might listen to them always. They might not ever be able to come to the live classes, but they're diligently setting aside time to listen to the classes, to read the book, to do the meditation, to do the work in their daily life. If you're putting in the work, you're going to see the results. But if you're complacent, you're not going to be able to experience the things that we're talking about in terms of peaceful, calm, serene and content mind with joy. No one ever got to enlightenment through complacency. No one ever improved the condition of their mind to have focus and concentration, clarity and deep memory through complacency. No one ever improved their personal and professional relationships through complacency. So you need to move beyond that. If you've ever experienced being in complacency, you need to move beyond that and have this energy to investigate the teachings and apply dedication and diligence to actively learning. That's how you're actually going to experience results in this program. So what you put into this program is what you're going to get out of it. Thank you, Venerable. So that makes sense. We have a couple of questions on Facebook. One is from Furman. Um, she, they, they ask about walking meditation and how to do that. But I replied with a, a link um, on uh, your instructions on how to do the walking meditation. Is that sufficient or would you like the, this question read? Yeah, that's best. There's a video that I created. That's probably the link that Nick sent. It's better to learn through that because today I would really like to just focus on getting the program started rather than talking about technique with meditation and things like that. When we get to our other classes, those would be times that we can talk more in detail. But the first several classes as part of the group learning program, I like to just kind of stick with what I'm actually sharing in terms of teaching. And then after we're, you know, two, three, four weeks into the program, we can kind of open things up a little bit. But for people who are new to this path, I would rather just focus on getting a core foundational teachings shared and then that way it keeps things very clear about what the beginning of this path is and how to get started okay thank you teacher and if Furman has a question after watching that video he can just send it to you direct or or write it on the Facebook group exactly if that video arises any questions or as you're practicing it if you have any questions you can just reach out through any of those four methods except for the online class because the walking meditation isn't something that i teach as part of this beginning part of the group learning program it's not a question that i would typically take at the very beginning but as we get going into the program you'll see that i'll kind of open up a bit more and there can be more questions like that that can kind of come in thank you teacher and denise has a question she writes Teacher, is it okay to ask notes as I watch class or just do one thing at a time? Yeah, if you'd like to take notes because you're listening and then you're taking notes, you're listening and taking notes, feel free to take notes as you go. That's You're more than welcome to do that. Well, so uh, how much should I pay to attend these uh, classes? So in terms of what I share, I share everything 
openly and freely. I don't have any cost or any price or anything like that. So whether it's books or audiobooks, whether it's personal guidance with me, these classes, whether it's coming to certain retreats or classes or courses that I teach in person, I do everything openly and freely. If people would like to make donations, they're welcome to make donations. It's not something that's required. They're not expected to do that. But if you would like to do that, you're welcome to do that. And the way that you would do it is through BuddhaDailyWisdom.com. There's a link there for support us. Some people like to do a, a monthly donation where it's just a recurring donation. You can set that up there. You're not required to. You're not expected to. But if you would like to support what's going on here, it does require a certain amount of money for me to have things like Zoom and computers and lighting and microphones and be able to support sharing these teachings. And this is part of the path to enlightenment is practicing generosity, which we'll be talking about as we get deeper into the program, as we'll be talking about generosity and merit and things like this. But there's no expectation or requirement. But if you do decide to make offerings or donations, it's very much appreciated. I have a lot of gratitude for people who choose to help me through donations, but it's not something that I require. Are there any requirements for someone to start learning? I mean, a, uh, from a, a certain background or a certain country having a certain educational level? Not at all. For me, I have no expectations of students whatsoever. As you're going to see, I don't take attendance in class. Most of the time, I don't even know who's in class. I don't even look at the people who's logged in and things like this unless you ask a question i may not even know that you're actually in class because from my standpoint i'm here sharing the teachings willing to help anybody and everybody who's choosing to step forward so no matter what your background is whether you've studied the buddhist teachings in the past whether you've studied christian teachings muslim teachings hindu teachings judaism or no teachings at all or all kinds of different things that are out there you're more than welcome to learn and practice these teachings with us in this community. There's no expectations of you whatsoever. I'll be here teaching each Sunday and each Wednesday, and I'll be doing retreats and classes and starting to take trips back to Nepal and India to the original sites of the Buddha. All of these things that I offer are open to everybody and anybody, and I have no expectations of you whatsoever. So. You're welcome to learn and gain as much insight through these programs as you like. This work that I'm doing is, is for you. It's to help you along this path. At one time, I used to be in business and I had various businesses that I ran, but I shut all of those down and closed all of those. And now I just dedicate 100% of my time to sharing these teachings with people like you. If you have a sincere interest in learning and practicing the Buddhist teachings, I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to encourage you. But you're going to have to have the motivation and the willingness and the sincerity to actually learn them. That's what's actually going to propel you on the path to enlightenment is your own dedication, your own diligence. Many thanks, sir. That's all for today. All right. Well, that's everything that I had to share with uh, you guys today is just a way to help you get started on this path and just kind of really introducing you to this path to enlightenment. 
And our classes are going to be anywhere between an hour and a half or two hours each class session. This might be different than what you're used to. If you're used to kind of a 50 minute class or a one hour class or something like this in college or in high school or something like this, and then there's a break or something like that, you know, it takes a lot of effort to dive into some of these topics with the Buddha and covering them in 45 minutes or 50 minutes or an hour isn't really possible, especially with opening up to any questions. So you can think and kind of prepare for an hour and a half to two hour class. There might be an occasional class that goes a little bit more, but typically we're right in between an hour and a half to two hours. And that's the amount of time that it takes to really deeply penetrate into the teachings of the Buddha and then provide an opportunity for you to ask any questions. One of the benefits in having this kind of class is that if your mind is fairly restless and you have a bit of overactivity and you're not used to focusing and concentrating on one particular thing for an hour and a half to two hours, these classes, in addition to all the things that you're going to be learning in the class, you can think of it as part of your training, training the mind to focus on one particular thing for an hour and a half to two hours. Probably most television programs you watch, you know, there's like a five minute program, then there's a commercial, you know, there's three minutes and then there's a commercial, there's five minutes and a commercial. Or if you watch YouTube videos, you know, it might be a five minute, eight minute video and then you're off to the next thing. Well, what that's done is that's kind of conditioned the mind to only be able to focus for three minutes, five minutes or eight minutes at any given time. And your mind has gotten to the point where maybe you're not able to focus and it's a real struggle to focus on something for an hour and a half to two hours. So in addition to all the things that you're going to be learning and all the ways that you're going to be training the mind in this program, you can also think about coming to class or listening to the recordings each week as part of your training to be able to truly focus on something for an hour and a half or two hours. This is going to be very beneficial for your mind. And of course, if you need to get up and go to the bathroom during class, go for it. You don't have to raise your hand and ask for permission or anything like that. There's nothing like that as part of this program. If you need to get up and use the bathroom, get a drink or whatever, go for it. But what you might observe over longer and longer periods of time of studying with me is that these hour and a half or two hours, they go by in the blink of an eye because you start getting used to focusing and concentrating for an hour and a half or two hours in a class like this. And this is part of your training is giving the mind the opportunity to practice, to practice the teachings of having singleness of mind and focusing on a single thing for an extended period of time. And this can be really beneficial to fine tune the mind so that it can perform optimally coming to the middle and be able to focus and have concentration on one thing for a significant period of time. So keep that in mind as we go forward in the class. This Sunday, we're going to be discussing the first two steps of the Eightfold Path. This is right view and right intention. These are the first two parts of the Eightfold Path. This is the beginning of the path to understand the path to enlightenment. I'm going to be using the words of the Buddha. I'm going to be teaching you all the way through. I'm going to be providing you opportunities to ask questions. So that'll be on Sunday and you can participate live through Zoom, Facebook or YouTube. You can listen to the replay in Facebook, YouTube or on the podcast. All of those are going to be available for you. 
And then on Wednesday, we're going to start the very first class of our four-part series of breathing mindfulness meditation. This is where I'm going to teach you how to meditate in the way that the Buddha taught. So I'm going to start you from the very beginning, assuming that you've never learned meditation ever before. Even if you've studied meditation before other places, I'm going to just assume that you've never learned meditation ever before and build you up from the very beginning and take you to the point where you understand how the Buddha taught meditation through the words of the Buddha and helping you to understand how to build up your practice based on what the Buddha taught during his lifetime. So that's what we're going to be doing on Sunday and that's what we're going to be doing on Wednesday. And we'll progress week by week in these beginning part of the series going to that three-part series of the Eightfold Path on Sundays and the four-part series on Wednesday of Breathing Mindfulness Meditation. So I'd like to thank all of you for joining for today's class because as you learn and practice these teachings, it's going to improve the condition of your mind, which means it's going to improve the experience that people around you have. The people who are close to you, they're going to experience different results through having you improve the condition of your mind, your relationships are going to improve. So those people close to you are going to experience benefits of you improving the condition of your mind. And by you improving the condition of your mind, it's going to improve all of humanity because you're causing less and less harm in the world. So therefore, it's going to improve humanity, creating more of a peaceful world. So oftentimes you'll hear me say that by you learning and practicing it's helping you, those close to you, and all of humanity. So I'd like to thank you for joining today's class. I'll see you either Sunday or Wednesday, perhaps even both of those days. Have a very lovely rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.